This is Pastor Mike from Jordan Lutheran Church, and you're about to hear one of our Sunday morning messages. At Jordan, we're passionate about learning from the Bible and pray that this message makes an impact in your life. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. How many of you like being outside? How many of you think that this is kind of odd that Good Friday has you on great weather indoors? So I want to start with kind of that, that play, uh, that challenge that has there for us. Uh, when I was in college, many times I would find myself out in the mountains. Went to college in Virginia, so there are several things that beckon you in Virginia. Uh, one is the Shenandoahs, uh, the other is the Blue Ridge Parkway, all these different things that just kind of drive you, that always want to have you set there. Uh, so throughout the fall, every weekend, I would actually find myself there. Uh, that's where I would be. We'd go to different places. If any of you know some of them, we'd go on the Blue Ridge Parkway, and we'd get there at like 11 o'clock at night. So like the weird lights on that ridge line, that was just us. We would camp about 1 in the morning uh, because we just, for whatever reason, needed to hike to a really important place that we could never see at 1 a.m., and we'd end up like 2 feet off the trail. We'd go to places like Big, Big Schloss, which just means Big Castle in German or Old Rag, and we'd, we'd head there. And one day, I remember, as we were climbing up the mountain, it was a Saturday, and I turned to a friend of mine named Brian. I said, Brian, what are we doing? You know, kind of the question, we got this whole Saturday, it's gorgeous weather, what are we going to do? And he said, well, Mike, I've got my ropes with me, so we're going to go rappel off the, the rock face. I said, oh, okay, that's great. I knew nothing about ropes, I knew nothing about tying knots, but I knew Brian. And I knew that if I was with Brian and he was tying up knots, it'd be just fine. It didn't even cross my mind that putting myself into his hands... Literally, I was putting my life in his hand. I didn't even cross my mind. I just knew that Brian said we were going to rappel off the mountain, so that's exactly what we were going to do. So the little 50-foot ledge, off we went, and we just launched ourselves off. Now, to scare some even more, <laughs> anyone ever rock climb? <laughs> they didn't have enough harnesses, so he made a harness out of just strapping as well and webbing. For those of you who've ever climbed, uh, that adds a whole other layer to the excitement of how much trust I was putting in Brian and making a webbing harness. Uh, but I, I share with you in the sense that I put myself into his hands. And there's some great pictures of us off the ledge. There's a nice little overhang. So you see thousands of feet off, and there's this huge ledge that drops off. So I want to ask you, not have you hiked, not have you gone rappelling, but whose hands are you putting yourself into in many places in your life? Some of you are like, wow, I would never rappel, and I would certainly not do a, a webbed harness. I know better. All right. But some of you have aging parents who you have put into skilled nursing care, and the truth is you've put your loved one in the care of that person. Do you truly know them? Do you know everything about them? Or maybe you recently had a mammogram, and you trusted the person who did what? Who read it. It's one thing to get it, it's another to realize there's a person who has to actually read that and tell you what's going on. You could name a thousand medical tests and think of all the technicians that you are putting your trust into, that into their hands you're laying yourself. Some of you are like, well, I haven't had anything bad. How many of you have drove here? Now, it could have been you that did this, but it could have been a technician. Someone worked on your brakes at some point. And most of you probably didn't even think about your brakes when you pulled in tonight. You've thought about your brakes on different occasions, but most of you probably weren't thinking, when I hit this pedal tonight, it's going to stop my car. 
But that technician, you put their trust, or it was you. Some of you changed your own brakes. You know your own caliper. That's wonderful. But you were at least putting your trust in that. Or what about the service technician who checked that gas leak at your house, and they came to you and they said, it's all, it's all fixed. And most of us do what? Thanks. The next word out of our mouth says thanks. But we put our trust in them to see where this is going. As you heard from Psalm 22, as you heard out of John 18 and 19, so much of the language that happens on Good Friday and throughout this Holy Week draws in different places from the Scriptures. I want to take us into Psalm 31 because it's in Psalm 31 that we find that phrase into your hands. I share with you here verse 1 and 2, In you, O Lord, do I take refuge. Let me never be put to shame. In your righteousness, deliver me. Incline your ear to me. Rescue me speedily. Be a rock of refuge for me, a strong fortress to save me. Now, the psalmist is writing before Jesus is on the cross. He's writing about being a place of refuge, a solace in the middle of a storm, that you have a place that you can actually go to and be okay. Most of them have plans if there's a, a crisis. Towns have evacuation routes and different things. And most of us actually probably have never paid attention to them. Like if I were to poll most of you and to ask, if there actually is a problem at Sharon Harris, where are you supposed to go? Most of you just say, away. Yeah. It's funny. I watched a couple of you actually <laughs> mouth that out. You're like, away. That's where we just go away. Well, do we have that place that we commit ourselves to? We place our hands. Verse 3 and 4 of that same Psalm 31, read this. For you are my rock and my fortress. For your name's sake, you lead me and guide me. You take me out of the net. They have hidden for me. For you are my refuge. Did you hear why they actually get delivered? For your name's sake. How many of you like your family name? How many of you are are growing to like your family name? Some of you are like in a process. This is going to take a little time. Okay, that's fine. Some some of you are still adjusting to it. All right, I, I, I get that. Well, in Psalm 31, we hear that this deliverer, this refuge that is our Lord, that he will deliver you and me and the psalmist as well. Why? For his name's sake. Just by saying his name, because his name was mentioned, he wants nothing ill spoken when that name is shared. Did you ever look at the Lord in that way? Just by saying his name, he wants everything to happen right because you've used his name. And no one blasphemes the Lord and doesn't receive their recompense. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Yeah, some of you were trying to fill it in. I'm like, no, 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 don't fill it in. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Uh, We get confused when we think it's ours, but the Lord is there to defend his name. And he does it, why? Out of fatherly mercy, that he actually just cares. If you have ever been around children, had children, been close to children, there's a lot of things that children drive you batty and crazy about. And then they get that like one picture, right? They get that one glorious picture. And you go, I do love them. (laughs) And you're so glad you have that picture, right? That's the one. And guess what? You were once that child, and hopefully the Lord gave your parents that same picture to hold on to, whether it was in their mind, whether it was in their heart, wherever that may be. But the Lord has that picture for you and I because he made us his own children. As we were connected to him in baptism, God called us his own. And he speaks then in verse 5, what resonates for us tonight on Good Friday, verse 5, into your hand I commit my spirit. 
most of you immediately are jumping out to a different place. You can't cite it, it comes out of Luke 24, but you know those are the words that Jesus spoke from the cross. Into your hands I commend my spirit. Luke records it, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. Jesus was reading from the Psalms. Sometimes we forget how much Jesus is the scripture. Unless you know John by heart, you just realize, wait, oh, that's right. In the beginning was the word. The word was God. It's Jesus. Jesus is the word. The whole scriptures, he knew them. He's calling to mind Psalm 31. And it might be a reminder, the Psalter's got stuff for us. The whole verse, into your hand I commit my spirit. You have redeemed me, O Lord, faithful God. A faithful God. Not just an unknown God, not a God that we might just call upon when we need to. A faithful God. One who's there for us. Martin Luther, as he was preparing and trying to help churches just understand how do we go about being Christians? Kind of on a weekend like this, at least we know, okay, well, I've got Good Friday service. Uh, If my church has it, maybe I was at Monday, Thursday last night. Uh, Here I am. You know, there might be a sunrise service. I'll try to make it there. Uh, No, I'll just end up at the breakfast at 830, uh, and then I'll end up at the service at 930. But I'll tell the pastor during 930 service, I tried. I tried. How was it? We'll say it was glorious. But as Luther was writing to the church, he armed them with two additional things that he wanted to have for them, two prayers, his morning prayer and his evening prayer. And I bring them to you tonight because they call on this same psalm. They call on Psalm 31. And Luther wrote that there were two reasons he wanted people to have these prayers. One, that they would recognize the Lord is their refuge and strength, our rock and fortress. And the second, so that when they're in need of care and protection, they would have a place to go. Luther said that each night as you went to bed, it would be appropriate to read the creed and read the Lord's Prayer. And he goes, but if you have time, you could say this prayer as well. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have graciously kept me this day. And I pray that you would forgive me all my sins where I have done wrong and graciously keep me this night. For into your hands... I commend myself, my body, and soul in all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. See, Luther was actually pushing you back to Psalm 31, and you probably never knew it. Or you're like, no, I I knew it, I just forgot it for a few decades. Someone had taught me that. But Luther wanted us to realize, who is it that you're placing yourself in the care of? What I really like is how he follows the instruction. He then says, his instruction says, after that prayer, we are to go to sleep at once and in good cheer. Isn't that kind of a neat thing when you think about that? If you put yourself into God's care, into his hands, when you go to bed, go to bed happy. A lot of us go to bed very worried. We really do. We are an anxious people. We are a nervous people. Humans have this tendency to just want to try to fix things. And some of you will say, I don't sleep well. Or it takes me two hours to get to sleep. See, Luther was instructing Christians to remind them, if you know the creed and you know a prayer that God instructed to you and and you put yourself in his care, man, go to sleep. Have a blast. Enjoy it. Let your body be refreshed. But if you're putting yourself into someone else's care, maybe that's why your sleep isn't the way you expect it to be. Maybe that's why you don't find yourself resting at night. Maybe it's because you're trying to fix it. Maybe it's because you are trying to have someone else be the solution. There was another hiking trip. This one was out to the western part of Maryland. 
And as we were gathered there late into the evening, there were another group of hikers. And they decided that they were going to put their trust in different things. They had allowed themselves to get wrapped up in lots of different things. And the next thing they knew, one of them came running to a friend of mine because his friend was lost. And he wasn't just lost, he was lost over the cliff lost. He had fallen into a huge talus field. If you don't know talus fields, that's all that rock remnant that's set there when rocks fall. You get this huge, just rock-strewn place. He had no idea where his friend was. They were just playing around, and the next thing they knew, they weren't playing in a smart way, they were playing in a foolish way. That night didn't end the way that either of those men thought. The Maryland State Troopers brought out their helicopter, brought in searchlights, had to pull this young man out. Unfortunately, we don't ever really know what happened to the man outside of the small little newspaper clipping that just said that there had been an extraction. But when you place yourself into the care of people that you don't know or that you aren't aware of, bad things happen. So who is it that you are placing yourself into care tonight? Who is it that actually is guarding you? When you say the words, into your hands, who is it that you're actually resting into? I'm not here to tell you that we need to go take a hike or that this, this weekend is about taking a stroll around Apex Community Park or Lake Johnson. Instead, it's realizing God is actually inviting you tonight to consider who you're walking with, how it is that you're actually walking your life of faith. Verse 13 through 16 of Psalm 31 share this, for I hear the whispering of many. The psalmist writes, I hear the whispering of many. How many times has whispering been a good thing in your life? At least when I hear the whispering of many, it's not normally good. The psalmist continues, For I hear the whispering of many terror on every side as they scheme together against me, as they plot to take my life. But I trust in you, O Lord. I say you are my God. My times are in your hand. Rescue me from the hand of my enemies and from my persecutors. Make your face shine on your servant. Save me in your steadfast love. Into your hands, O Lord, we place ourselves. As you hear the account again of what took place on that first Good Friday, may we come to realize that the Lord was inviting you to recognize what he's done. Did you ever look at the hands of someone who's worked the soil for years and decades? It's amazing. You just, sometimes we think of weather as a bad thing. If you've ever seen someone's weathered hands, it's glorious. Someone who's worked so hard. Think of what it will be to actually witness our Lord's hands. Hands that have worked for you tirelessly. Hands that didn't stop short of anything to make sure that you had abundant life. Even as you look at the pyramid this evening, some of you know exactly what that means, and some of you struggle to realize what in the world is a double eye doing there? It's not an eye. Uh, at least it wouldn't be for us. It would be in another language. It is Jesus of Nazareth, King, Ray, in many languages, of the Jews. It's the inscription. It's the reminder for you, God actually is who he said he was. To those who are mocking Jesus from the cross, they came to find out so much of what he was. There were others who, in their speaking, as one said that they might set him free. And Pontius Pilate said, I wash my hands, his blood is not on my fingers. Do you remember what the crowd said? May his blood be on us and our children. 
thanks be to God. Think about that. They had no idea they were actually calling a blessing down on themselves. May his blood be on us and our children because it's in his blood that he actually sets us free because he paid the price for those people and to those people gathered in this room of which I count myself among the many. God gave himself up for all of us. So may we, as we travel through these coming days, weeks, and months, remember that God has hands more immense than you could ever imagine because his victory on the cross swings from one end to the other. But you have to recognize that his hands are there for you. Into your hands, O Lord, we commit ourselves. Give us strength by your Holy Spirit to remain steadfast in our confession that you alone, O Lord, our rock, our redeemer, and our refuge, deliver us daily. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're glad you've connected with us online and look forward to the opportunity to see you in person. On behalf of everyone at Jordan, we hope you will join us as we gather in worship of our Savior, Jesus Christ, every Sunday morning at 930 at Beaver Creek Cinemas in the peak of good living, Apex, North Carolina.